What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast, our mission to spark hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. When you finish a podcast, our hope is that our community would be inspired to live different, to live freely and boldly because of the love of Jesus. We'll be your hosts. I'm Zach. And I'm Brooke. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Built Different Podcast. Guys, today's episode is something that I am so excited to be releasing with you guys today. It's with one of my really good buddies, Mr. Derek Orndorff. Derek is the starting center fielder of the Liberty University baseball team. And if you guys have not gotten out to watch a game, whether on TV or in person, I'm telling you guys, you're missing out because there's something special going on up here at Liberty University. This baseball team has won 10 straight games. They're 10 and one right now overall. They took the opening series against the number eight ranked Florida Gators. They're in the top 20, potentially the top 15 after last week. And they are just thriving like nothing I've ever seen before up there in the program. It's so much fun just having been a former player in that program just to see the guys and the team and Coach Jackson and Coach Cannon and Coach Williams and DeLate and um, O'Connor and Koalo and all of these guys just leading um, all of the team toward just exactly where they need to be which is pushing them in their relationships with Christ first and foremost, but then also um, instilling within them that discipline and structure to just go out there and just to play to the very best of their abilities and to have fun playing the game of baseball. And right now, it looks like a lot of fun being on the Liberty University baseball team. Derek Orndorff, who is our guest today, is a starting center fielder, and he is having an unbelievable season. Right now, he leads the nation in home runs. He has 10 home runs through their first 11 games. He's doing unbelievable things when it comes to batting average stats, when it comes to stolen bases. He's playing amazing out there in center field. In the first game of the season, he arguably made the catch of the year already. Uh, Man, it was an unbelievable, acrobatic, Spider-Man type of light catch. Man, he completely left his feet, sacrificed his entire body, scraped up his arm, but he was rewarded with the number one play on SportsCenter's top 10 plays. Pretty amazing. Every kid's dream. We dive into that in today's episode. We dive into mental health. We dive into so many different things, including Derek's testimony, which is what I want to touch on for just one second. And what I love about Derek's testimony is that, yes, he's doing amazing things right now. And everybody's seeing him. He has a platform that God has given him and that Derek has continuously and persistently worked toward his entire life through the game of baseball. But Derek is the type of kid, man, that it doesn't matter if he's having success or if he's going out there in what we would call failure in a game. It doesn't matter. He has that even if faith. No matter what happens, he's going to relentlessly pursue the Lord. He's going to relentlessly sacrifice for him. He's going to relentlessly surrender his life over to him because his joy is not contingent on the successes or failures of a game or of life, but they're ultimately found in the grace and the love and the forgiveness and the mercy and the joy that Christ has offered him in that personal and intimate relationship with him. That's who Derek is, and he mentions that in and throughout this entire episode, But another area that he talks about is a quote that he shares. 
And he says that sometimes God allows us to hit rock bottom to recognize that he is the rock at the bottom. And you know, I think that's a beautiful picture because some of us, we get it. We know what it's like to hit rock bottom, right? We understand what it's like to be in the lowest parts of our life, the deepest and darkest and hardest seasons, but then understanding that we have nothing else to rely on. But when we recognize that God is there and he is in our midst, we can start taking steps toward restoration. We can start allowing God to lead us and direct us and to guide us to places and heights that we could have never fathomed in the first place. And that's who God is. He's that solid foundation on which we are called to be built different. So you guys, I hope you enjoyed this incredible episode and welcome and meet our new friend, Mr. Derek Orndorff. Derek, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Absolutely, Zach. I appreciate you having me and really excited to, to dive into things. Man, this is fun. Um, you know, it's always a great opportunity to interview somebody that I know and I love and I appreciate. Like I said, you're a friend, man. You're a brother to me. I'll never forget walking into the Chick-fil-A on Ward's Road for that yes, first sir. Bible study, right, when we first officially met. Yep. And there's just something naturally different about you when it comes to this joy that you carry yourself with, um, this happiness, right? You just have this kind of work ethic and mentality about you that I've always noticed from day one. And so I'm very mm -hmm. excited to dive into that and dive into your story and your testimony. But dude, up front, how about them flames, baby? I'm them? talking the flame train is hot. For those of you that don't know, Derek is the center fielder for the Liberty University baseball team. And dude, you guys are off to a scorching start. Seven and one, seven straight. Took the series from number eight, Florida, to begin the year. I mean, you guys have national attention, right? Obviously, the talent level is something like I've never seen up there on the mountain. But what is the culture like within the locker room and within the team that's really fueling this hot start? You know, honestly, we're just having a lot of fun. Just a group of guys that love to play the game of baseball. Um, and I would lie to say that it doesn't start at the top of the chain with Coach Jackson. He really just sets the tone for our team. Mm -hmm. uh, you could have all the talent in the world and you guys could get together in the locker room, but there could be a, a lot of good players and good talent. Mm -hmm. But it's not a good team without a good leader. Um, I right. think it starts at the top. And we got the best leader in the country, in, in my opinion. I'm biased, but... <laughs> Uh, I think it starts there and then just with the older leaders and the guys that have been around the program and the team, just really taking the new guys in, the younger guys, and it's just been a lot of fun and we're meshing well and hmm. doing what we love. Coach Jackson is definitely um, that type of leader, like you said, and he will carry you guys. And it's just fun to see the way that he's leading this team. And it's very unique as to what I've seen, right? Because you guys, like I said, the talent level is different, but man, um, I think he's really thriving in that leadership role for sure this year. Derek, you've told me many times that you're exactly where you want to be here at Liberty University. Absolutely. And that this is a place that you love so much. And it's a place that you've always wanted to come to. But right. God kind of steered your path in different directions. So can you help our listeners understand the unique story of how God brought you here? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think a great place to start would just be the fact that my, my dad started here his freshman fall uh, mm. on a baseball scholarship to play. Hmm. Um, ended up getting homesick and, and, you know, it just didn't work out. He moved closer to home and, and graduated from West Virginia. Hmm. But I think that's all where it started because that's where I guess my first tie to Liberty began was yeah. with him and, and the past and the history that he had. And then from probably the age of 15, 16, I had my eye on, you know, Liberty University itself just for school. And then mm. 
started to get a little bit better with baseball, started to grow a little bit and kind of realized that was something I wanted to do. Right. Came down to a camp when Coach Tobin was here, the, the prior coach, yep. um, invited me back for another camp. And then at that time, there was a, there was a change in, in leadership and coaching. So the recruiting process kind of fell off with Liberty. And, and all along, I thought that, you know, like pressing into the Lord and that's where he wants me to be. Like, why would I not be, why would the Lord not want me to be the Christian university playing right. baseball? That was my selfish ambition mm. and, and thought and plan. Um, turns out that, you know, uh, an opportunity came up at Penn State to go there and play. Um, it gave me, you know, just a roster spot pretty much. I was a non-scholarship guy. Yeah. So I just bet on myself and said I was going to work hard and, you know, try to prove them wrong more or less. Hmm. Um, and that was my mindset at that point. And, and soon that would change to proving myself right, not proving someone else wrong because right. I knew that the abilities that I had were, were God-given and hmm. the plan wasn't mine any longer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it was the Lord's. So the two years there were, I guess – a lot of, of growth took place, a lot of maturing took place on and off the field. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it just wasn't what I expected and it wasn't really what I, you know, where I thought I should have been. Hmm. Decided to transfer, ended up at Seton Hill University in Greensburg. Yeah. Uh, Pennsylvania became a Griffin for two years and, and those were <laughs> those were two awesome years. I loved my time there. The guys there were unbelievable. I learned a lot about myself. Hmm. Um, just again, on and off the field. Um, you just continue yeah. to grow in, w in what you go through. Mm. Um, competed for a national championship last year with those guys, and wow. that, was, that was some of the best times of my life, you mm. know, just having fun again with the guys and doing what we love. And then we got that extra year with COVID, yeah. and luckily I had that extra year of eligibility, so then I decided looking to grad school, mm. um, and the opportunity popped up here because of a really good friend of mine, Ryan Sloniger, that I played with at Penn State, yeah, was recruited by Coach Jackson when he was at UNC. Hmm. And Ryan knew that I Love Liberty was all about it from the beginning. He was like, well, let me make a call. Let me see what I could do. <laughs> and then about a day later, I get a call from Coach Jackson. Wow. And then that ball started rolling, and God, God brought me to Lynchburg. So, Man. That's insane just yeah. to hear about you've always had this desire and this passion to be here, but God steered your steps into another way because maybe, right, just maybe you weren't ready for such a time as this. And so you went to Penn State, you went to Seton Hill, and then all of a sudden, boom, here it is. Like God is showing you exactly where you need to be and you're thriving here, right? Opening game you made one of the most ridiculous catches I have ever seen in my life. You got cuts to prove it, right? Yep. All over SportsCenter and every kid's dream, Derek. Number one on SportsCenter's top 10 plays. What was going through your head when that ball was hit and after you made that catch? Initially, probably, oh boy. That's, <laughs> I got to get on my horse and get in yeah. the gap here and make a play for my pitcher. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those deals, you know, as athletes, you kind of – it's called flow. Yeah. They call it. You just kind of black out and your body takes over and it, mm -hmm. and it does it. And that's kind of what happened, to be honest. I felt like I was in the air forever and got like a second wind when I was up there. And, right. you know, it was it was cool just because like you train for that so much and so mm -hmm. often to the time you're a little kid, like dad's hitting you tennis balls in the yard and you're diving around and jumping around and, you know, it just takes over and you, you become a, an instinctual baseball player at that point. But mm. 
Yeah, Sports Center Top Ten, that's something that you dream of as a kid. I, I remember in elementary school, I would sit on the couch and wouldn't let my, my mom take me to school until I got to see number one. And then yeah. I was good to go. I was good for the day. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's very cool to see that. But, you know, God is good. Mm, that's amazing, man. Like you said, number one, we're here with Liberty University starting center fielder, Derek Orndorf. Man, it is so much fun to talk sports because that's something that I'm very passionate about, something that I want to do, continue research on, specifically is mental toughness within sports. Mm -hmm. And something that I want to touch on here with you for a second is mental health within sure. sports because, dude, there can be some serious struggles within it because it's very performance-driven, right? right? And so, unfortunately, what happens is when we fail, we automatically start to almost conceive this um, viewpoint of shame where we feel like, okay, because we failed in the eyes of another, we then become the failure. When you've maybe experienced failure in sport or in athletics in your own personal story, how have maybe you seen some of these feelings come to fruition? Yeah, I, you know, in the game of baseball, it's, it's a game of failure. And if Literally. you fail seven out of 10 times, you're a Hall of Famer. Crazy. Which is insane. So you, you know, in, in our game, you just accept that and the quicker you can accept that the better better off you'll be yeah but you're right it's you know the the world of sports is a performance-based performance-driven hmm. industry and if you you know you're evaluated every single day uh eyes are always on you especially the higher you get up you know the the college ranks and then even further with professional sports you're in a you're under a microscope all right. the time Right. You don't perform, you don't get paid, you don't, you can't support your family. You, you got to find something else to do. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's tricky because you're so competitive as a, as an athlete, you're so competitive. You want to do it so bad. You know, a lot of us athletes are perfectionists mm. and I think it can be good and bad. It, it's, you know, it all depends on how you view yourself as that athlete, you know, mm. uh, I, for a long time I viewed myself as a baseball player. Yeah. You know, like that was where my worth was, but at the end of the day, baseball's what I do, it's not who I am. Mm. It's not where I find my identity. Mm. And I think that maybe can, you know, you get to the base and the root of it all is where is your identity? Right. You know, for, for me, it's in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And mm. it doesn't really matter what I do on the field. Like I could, mm go four for four and hit for the cycle and the next day I'm 0 for four with four punch outs. Mm. Yeah, I'm still a, a son of the living God. So mm. I think that's the biggest thing. And I mean, it, it is unfortunate just how mm. much pressure that the media, the industry put on yeah. athletes and college athletes and especially I mean, those that are, you know, you look at college football. If you look at a college football quarterback, Malik Willis, for right. for example, right, he's about ready to perform at the combine and, hmm. you know, get drafted pretty high. He makes one wrong move and things, Boom. his whole life pretty much changes for him. Right. So it's true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. tough. It's, it's tough. Very tough. That's something that I've been doing a lot of just studying and research built around kind of a dissertation type of thing for me when it comes to sports and mental health and mental toughness and attachment is that whole idea of, okay, an athlete can easily get caught up in wrapping their entire identity, their worth, 
and their value on wins and losses mm -hmm. because that's in a sense what coaches sometimes look for, right? You, you have to perform or else you're not gonna play. Right. It's what fans look for or else they're gonna potentially demean you or look down on you. And so what sports tends to do is it makes you go out of being a subject in your own world into being an object mm. in someone else's. Right. And so that can be a very polarizing place to be. And that's scary for some Absolutely. athletes, right? And when they fail, yeah, like you said, they get caught up and wrapped up in that entire concept of it and they feel like they're the failure. Sure. And so one thing though that I wanna touch on with you is this form of, there's, so that's the healthy, um, that's the unhealthy, I'm sorry, discontentment, right? Mm -hmm. It's never being enough, always sure. having to perform. But when doing research, a lot of the best of the best, right? You're off to an unbelievably hot start, right? Mm -hmm. Seven home runs, is that right? Uh, As yes. of now, crazy, right? Number one play, stolen bags. I mean, you're playing out of your mind, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And I'm so happy and proud of you to do that because what I see in you is just a hunger, right? You love mm -hmm. the game of baseball. And like you said, your identity is not found in it, but you're constantly trying to reinvent yourself, right? So each and every day, practice mm -hmm. or game, you're coming out to put forth that effort. And I think that's more of an, a healthy, discontentment. Help us understand the difference between unhealthy and healthy discontent. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, there's a hunger to continue to, to improve and to not be satisfied. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, my dad always told me the home run you hit yesterday won't win today's ball game. Mm. And that's just to say that like rent's pretty much due every day. Right. Um, there's always someone chasing you. There's always someone behind you. There's always, you know, the next person getting better. Um, mm. But that that can't consume everything about you. Yeah, you know you have to know, and it, it, it takes time. Uh, I didn't know as a young uh, as a young ball player of when enough was enough. One mm -hmm. to one to get out of the cage after enough swings, or one right. to just go home and remove yourself from it. Um, there's that fine line, and I think the more that you go through it, the more that you talk to older people about it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was a big thing for me was talking to guys that have been there, older college players, pro ball players. Mm. Uh, the more you talk to guys, sometimes less is more. Uh, right. You got to have a release. You have to have something to go to go home and just get away from the baseball field. Uh, and I think that the quicker that you can find that other thing um, that can kind of remove you from it, mm -hmm. uh, I think it kind of begins to be more of a healthier chase, I guess, per se, that when you can go home or have something else to get away, then that hunger and that fire kind of is lit more within you when you go back. And it's not a, I guess, obsession with yeah. getting better, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, to be honest with you, yeah. people might look at it one way or another, but I love to golf. People, yeah. people, say, oh, that, yeah. people say that your golf swing messes up your baseball swing. <laughs> I, think it, I think it improves my mind tremendously. <laughs> Just stuff like that, or like going home to read, or mm. you know, talking on the phone. I, I love to FaceTime my friends. My fiance Hannah gets mad at me sometimes because every time I'm in the car, I'm talking to another friend, I'm talking to a family member. She's just like, that. just rest. She, she's mm. been great with that, and she's she's really helped me in that regard. Is to just take time for yourself and rest, just mm. to just be. You know, mm. I think that's important as well. It's a great way of putting it. You need an outlet, even though sports for some people is an outlet. Like you said, if you've lost your identity in it, you need to get away. Can't right. be just an obsession all the time. Right. That is what un that's what unhealthy, you know, looks like, but the healthiness of it all looks in that whole entire concept of, yeah, hunger and you want more, 
but it's in a good way. Right. And so, man, what I want to talk about is that maybe healthy discontentment. And it looks mm-hmm. like our cup is not filled, right, with the successes of life, with the successes of a ball game, like you're saying, sure. but it's also not emptied by the failures of them. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately filled by the grace and the love and the mercy and the forgiveness of God right. at the end of the day. And like you said, your identity is found solely in him and you are a son of God regardless and you're only seeking the approval of nail-scarred hands. Right. So man, help me understand a little bit more about your relationship with Christ and how that fuels you and plays into your everyday baseball mindset as well. Sure. I think we could go back and, and I was raised in the church. Yeah. Um, I, I accepted Christ at a young age five or six years old in kindergarten uh, mm. when I was homeschooled at the time. Yeah. Um, and then throughout, you know, middle school, high school, even the beginning of college, I was a Christian, but I, I don't know if I personally knew Christ as I, you know, as I do now. Mm. Um, I didn't, he was, either way you look at it, he was my Lord, but he wasn't my savior. Yeah, I get You know that. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it wasn't a personal connection that I had with him daily. Mm. Um, it was just kind of like that ATM transaction, you know, when you need money from the bank, yep. when you need a little bit of Jesus, He's in your back let, pocket. Let, let me go get him. That's right. Uh, and I think that all the trials and tribulations that I, you know, kind of went through mm. my freshman and sophomore year, at, you know, at Penn State, and it not being what I wanted, not mm. being, you know, what I expected, some failures, um, just, not really the opportunities that kind of, you know, took me to, I guess you could say maybe a rock bottom of mine. Here we're Mm -hmm. talking about like, this is as little as a rock bottom as you can get because it's it's just baseball at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. It's just a sport and there's people out there that are going through, you know, much worse than just not being able to get on the field to play baseball. Mm. But at the end of the day, like I said, like a form of a rock bottom and, and I've heard the saying, God will allow you to hit rock bottom mm. so that you know that he is a rock at the bottom. Yeah. And I think that really brought me closer to him and really just made me lean on him. Mm. Now, I might be getting away from your question because I'm just no, rambling. Please do. <clears throat> but Keep going. At that time, it, it was just like, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was the only thing that really, you know, knew where I should have been and knew where he was leading me to. Mm. That, that's just to say my relationship with Christ grew so much through that and now looking back in hindsight like you know that he was working through that mm-hmm. because I was at Penn State I met Ryan Sloniger which I mentioned earlier which right. brought me to Liberty Right. I met uh, two two guys that just helped me grow tremendously in my faith Austin Riggins that played baseball at Penn State and, and Ennis Hutchinson sorry mm. um, those guys were just incredible men of Christ and mm. you know just really helped me as a young athlete, a young man, um, just grow and and really learn how to prioritize what was actually important in my life. Mm. I still talk to those guys all the time now and I'll have those those friends for the rest of my life. Mm. But now just, like I said, looking back, you just see how the Lord, you know, kind of guided me through that, brought me through that. And like those those people were aligned in my life at the right time. To help propel me to where I am now, so I say all that just because, like, hmm. you see Christ work in your life outside yeah. of baseball to bring those people in. So, like, to prepare for a baseball game is just like, Lord, thank you for the opportunity. Right. So minuscule. Like, look at yeah. yeah, look at what else you've done for me. Mm. Like, just I just ask the Lord to help me be safe and play the game that I love to the best of my ability, mm. because He's done all that other stuff for me. 
That's right. Like it's, I don't know, it's kind of unfathomable at times. And it's, you know, to sit and talk about it and to think about it like that, it's just like, how? Mm. Or why would you do it for a sinner like me? Mm. But he's just so gracious and so loving and so faithful. Like when you pour into him, he's going to pour back into you a, a, a thousand times over. Right. And you just kind of see the fruits of your labor um, and the struggle and the, you know, the trials and the tribulations whenever you persevere and you just keep pushing and mm. he'll pour back into you. Mm. It's amazing, man. That's the perspective of, like you said, seeing God in and through the details of your life and how beautiful it is to hear you talk about, right? Like we're so undeserving right. of his love. It's something that we could never earn, yet he gives it to us so freely and graciously and that's who god is right he always shows up he's always making his steps like known to us right whether that's what we want or not sometimes we want it specific way like you wanted a specific way you wanted to come here straight out of high school but god was like let me show you son right Mm -hmm. which way you need to go and i promise you i'll come right back right and that's that dreams delayed are not dreams denied God then came back and he automatically, right, brought your dreams back to fruition because he's a God of restoration. It reminds me of a little bit of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel Mm -hmm. chapter three, one of my favorite stories in all of scripture. And this even if mindset, right, Mm -hmm. where they're getting thrown into the fiery furnace and King Nebuchadnezzar's like, who's gonna save you? And they're so confident. They're like, oh, God is gonna save us. But even if he doesn't, we still will not worship you. We still yeah. will only worship God. That's right. And I think that's kind of your mindset, man, that I really love and I love watching you play with. Like I told you, a guy was like, there's something different about Derek, right? He plays with such joy, but it looks like it's easy because he's having so much success. <laughs> and I'm like, but that's not Derek because his yeah. joy is not contingent mm-hmm. on that. Right. It's not contingent on a game. Help us understand how you've committed yourself to the journey, which is something mm-hmm. you always talk about, and what that looks like so you're not emotionally attached to the results of life. Yeah, I mean, even if, that's that's the thing. Like, mm. you, you know, you see it, I do it. You know, you hit a home run, you thank God, and you point to the sky and, and you, know, right. give, you know, give him the recognition that he deserves for giving the opportunity. Mm. Now, I'm not gonna... Probably not going to point to this guy and thank him when I strike out looking three times in a game. Like, even if I strike out, Lord, I'll still give you praise. Like, (laughs) yes, but no, not in the same way. You know what I'm saying? But but no, like you said, um, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think of, you know, the story of Job. Mm -hmm. You know, he loses everything. He loses Mm -hmm. his his crops, his servants, his his family. Mm -hmm. Um, And he still doesn't deny the Lord. Mm. You know, the uh, Satan was trying to test him and get him to deny the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then on and on, he just presses forward and, and continues mm. to acknowledge the Lord. And then God eventually blesses him even more, like we were just talking about, you know, mm. gives him a family, gives him more land. Yeah. Just because he, he pushed through all those things happen. Even if, even if all these things happen, right. I will continue to acknowledge you and praise you. Mm. And, you know, through like we talked earlier, we just want to win. We're competitors. But even if, like, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to even, you know, be able to compete for that win Mm. at the end of the day. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next in my life, but Mm. even if it is baseball, if it isn't baseball, I'm going to be, you know, beyond thankful for the opportunity to play at the school that I always wanted to. Mm. Um, I think that's, I think it's important to just be able to soak all that up every single opportunity that you have because 
even if it's gone tomorrow, I know that I enjoyed and gave it all I had yesterday. Mm. And I think that's kind of the mindset that I go into every day. Like if this is gone tomorrow, I'll be fine because I'm going to soak it all up and give it everything I have today. Mm. So I love that, man. Yeah. When, when I was going through one of my hardest seasons of life, you know, a quote that I brought up many times on the podcast was by a woman named Nancy Lee DeMoss. And she said, I've realized that in any or every circumstance that I come against in life, I can do one of two things. She said, I can whine or I can worship. Mm. And it's impossible to worship without giving thanks. And like you said, regardless of the situation, man, just so thankful that God has blessed you with this opportunity because it's not about our faithfulness at the end of the day. It's about the faithfulness of God. That's mm -hmm. why the Bible was written. We see, we often get lost though in the stories and we're like, man, he was so faithful, right? Job, Paul and Silas, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And it's like, no, no, no. They were just obedient because right. God was the one that was faithful. Mm -hmm. So when we transition then into this mindset of obedience for you, Derek, yeah. what are you doing every single day? One thing I do know about your future is that you're getting married, sure right, to your fiance, Hannah. I know you're stoked about that. Yes, but sir. as you prepare yourself for marriage and to be a leader within your household and your family, what are you doing now to set that framework mm -hmm. in your relationship with God for them? Yeah, I... I I am, for one, extremely excited. I cannot yeah, wait. That's right. Um, I think that that was a big, um, not really burden. That's just something you look forward to proposing in, in that day. And, you know, being able to spend the time with our families over break, that was mm -hmm. awesome. And it just kind of like, all right. and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very cool. It turned out perfect. You know, yeah. you know, God bless that day for sure. And it was, it was everything I could have, you know, wanted and more in it. And we're mm -hmm. very excited about it. Um, Sorry, I'm getting away from your question. What am I doing? Every day, um, you know, obviously just asking the Lord for guidance and direction yeah. and, you know, the wisdom to be able to lead uh, lead Hannah and, and lead our relationship and then our one-day family, you know, mm. Lord willing. And I think it's just um, the intentionality. Yeah. Um, her parents actually got us some, some study books, mm. uh, study devotion to be able to kind of do together to, you know, prepare us. Um, yeah. The book I'm reading now is the the power of a praying husband. Yep. Um, and I think that has taught me a lot. Mm. Uh, a lot of stuff that I obviously didn't prior know. Mm. Um, and I think it, it's just gaining a new perspective yeah. of what you're soon to be or now current, wherever situation you're in, wife needs from you. Yeah. Um, you know, that looks different from a male to a female. And, and those are things that I didn't prior know. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very interesting to, to gain that perspective and gain that knowledge. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to learn and, and ask the Lord to fulfill me with what it's like um, to love someone else, to love Hannah, mm -hmm. like Christ loved the church, That's right. um, to be willing to lay down my life for her. Um, I'm asking the Lord to guide me in that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm trying to live by, you know, a few different words per se. So Hannah's family every year is a New Year's resolution. Yeah. Not, I guess not resolution. Is it like going a, into the new year, we, yeah. choose, we, we each choose a word. Love that. For, for the year. Yep. Hannah's a sacrifice, mm. which is, <laughs> it's a good word for her. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's a good word for anyone, really. Um, but there's a lot of things that Hannah likes to do. And mm. I'm proud of her for choosing that word. There's a lot of things she likes to do. She likes to shop. Mm. She likes to drink coffee. Uh, <laughs> so like the, the, some of those, those Target runs, those Starbucks runs. Get rid of that, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I have Starbucks here. So, oops, 
gift cards. No, um, but sacrifice, just sacrificing your time, sacrificing your selfish ambitions, mm. um, sacrificing, you know, maybe a night hanging out with the guys watching baseball for, you know, an intentional talk in this study book, in this devotion, mm. um, things like that um, I'm, I'm learning as well. Mm. Uh, my word was uh, surrender. Mm. Again, surrendering the selfish ambitions, surrendering to the Lord your day before it starts. Mm. Uh, I think that's a big thing that I'm learning. Uh, surrendering whatever it might be that you, you know, once prior had as a single individual, even though you're dating, you're still single until you're, you know, joined in marriage. Right. Um, surrendering those things. Um, mm. And then with those two words, you, you start to become more selfless, mm. I think. I love that. That's something that I'm kind of learning too, that I was pretty selfish before, mm. even though I didn't think I was. Mm. Um, just the more that you learn and the more that you kind of dive into it um, mm. and just, I just want to be able to give her <laughs> the best version of me and the ve- the best version of the Lord through me yeah. um, that I possibly can. So, Man, I appreciate you sharing that, brother. I think, you know, being a newlywed myself, I think we're going on six months here sometime soon right so it's crazy but you know the advice that i would give is something that you just you just worded when it comes to intentionality right Mm -hmm. what was natural early on this is what ted cunningham once told me what was natural early on needs to be followed by intentional later on Mm. for then it to feel natural again Mm -hmm. and so intentionality is so key in those relationships and like you said sacrificing but also selflessness and surrender those three words that you mentioned right there are pivotal and then my word for the year i do the same thing was pursue and Mm. so my thing is like pursuing my relationship with god first and foremost but then pursuing evelyn and making her feel pursued like we're still dating right even though we're married now pursuing the calling that i feel like god has placed on my life pursuing goals dreams aspirations whatever that looks like like just i just want to pursue with everything i have not not that God's demanding more of me, but that he's just asking for all of me. Mm. And so, you know, D, as we close out, man, I'm so appreciative of you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, just Thank knowing you. you just for a few months now, but to see you and just to see all the amazing things that God is doing and working in and through you, not only within the Liberty University baseball team, but the community and now nationwide with you getting national recognition. I'm so proud of the way that you're utilizing the platform that he's given you. But man, what I want to do here is just kind of leave the door open for you mm-hmm. to share maybe something that God has placed on your heart that would maybe spark some hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through the lives of our listeners today. What do you got for us? Yeah. Um, I first want to hit on what you said. Uh, you mentioned the platform. Yeah. That's something I've always prayed that the Lord would grant me. Um, I've always prayed that he would allow me to continue to play the game as long as it's a platform that I can use for Mm. his glory and and to further his kingdom. And I think that's very cool to just kind of see that come to fruition. And Mm. like you said, the the recognition is there. That's cool. Um, But at the end of the day, it's it's baseball. It's Mm. at the end, kind of doing my job. This is what I should be doing. Right. But it's how you kind of utilize that. Mm. Shout out to Josh Barrick, leverage your life. That's right. Um, it's just, what can you do? I guess this is what I would, you know, kind of leave got people with is, how are you leveraging your life? How are you mm. using what you have, uh, your situation, your current situation, your job, uh, the people you're around, the opportunities mm. that you have, how are you using that to give glory to God? Mm. Um, and even if you're, the second piece that I would, you know, give people that, you know, some, at one point I needed to hear was just to persevere. Yeah. Um, 
in James or James one, it talks about. Let me find it. Uh, James one two. My brethren, count it all a joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at one point in my life, mm. it was very difficult to persevere um, to really see the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, but just to keep pressing on where you're at in your situation, mm-hmm. like God's not going to wait to meet you when you get out of that dark spot. He's going to meet you in it. Um, so that, that's one thing I would leave people with is just to mm-hmm. keep going and to keep persevering um, and just enjoy the moment. You know, at one point in your life, you dreamed of being where you're at right now. Mm-hmm. So don't look too far forward and just, you know, soak it up where you're at and, you know, thank God for the opportunities. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the opportunities. Continue to persevere. And how are you leveraging your life. Derek Orndorf, my friend, thank you so much for joining us today. Man, I love you. I challenge all of our listeners to go either watch in person or virtually a Liberty University baseball game and watch this guy kill it out in center field and batting, man. I'm telling you, dude, we're praying for you. I'm proud of you. Keep going. Keep pushing. God has his hand on you, my friend. Yes, sir. Thanks, Zach. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Man, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed um, listening to and hearing from Derek just as much as I did. I'm telling you guys, he is truly a remarkable guy. Um, He loves the Lord. He loves his teammates. He loves his family. He loves his fiance, Hannah. I mean, this guy is just filled with so much joy, so much hope, and so much love. As I said earlier in the podcast, I'll never forget the first time I had the opportunity of meeting Derek, and there was just something different about him. I mean, he just had this charisma and this personality that draws you in that's very magnetic, and I truly believe that's the Holy Spirit within him that's drawing people in. And I love being able to journey alongside of him as he goes through you know, an incredible season of life right now when it comes to the successes and when it comes to the platforms, but also just helping him understand that, you know, being an athletic shepherd for the team, I want to be somebody that's always there for him regardless of the success that he experiences or the failures maybe he'll experience, not only in the game of baseball, because it is a game of failure, but also in the mountaintop moments in the valleys of life, which we all go through. Derek is an unbelievable guy, and I, I truly hope you guys took so much of his wisdom Um, and his life experiences and then through his testimony and you're able to apply them into your life as well because I think that story of how God had something different in sight and in this trajectory for Derek's life that he couldn't have even fathomed because he wanted to come to Liberty right out of high school, right? It was where his dad went to and that automatically sparked within him this desire to come here as well. But God took his path um, through a different route and took him to Penn State, right? Which he struggled there for a couple of years and maybe he didn't get the playing time or the experience that he was ultimately looking for and he transfers, he goes to Seton Hill, has great success. But then how God has instilled within him this entire time, he still had this desire to come to Liberty. He still had this desire to show up here. He still had this desire to be a part of the program that Coach Jackson was building. And through the power of relationship, one buddy making a phone call gives him an opportunity when God said, my son, it's your time now. I'm bringing you here. I'm bringing you home to Liberty University. And look what Look what he is doing and look what God is allowing him to continually do. Look how God has given him this platform for such a time as this. I think it's a beautiful thing to see ultimately. And I have a quote that I want to read just as we close out today. It says, God has a reason 
for allowing things to happen. We may never understand his wisdom, but we simply have to trust his will. My friends, no matter what season of life you're going through, no matter what trajectory it feels like you're on, whether it's the one that you want or the one that you do not, we cannot fully understand God's wisdom unless we can fully trust his will. My friends, rest in that truth today. I pray that you guys will have an incredible week. And like I said, if you guys are around the Lynchburg community, you got to get out to a Flames baseball game. Today they're playing this afternoon, four o'clock against UNC Chapel Hill. You do not want to miss it. My friends, we love you. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, we'll see you next time on the Built Different Podcast.